Hey everyone, I'm Kumara and with me is Vikas. Welcome to the Cheesky Podcast. In this, each week we explore a topic that has been on our minds in relative depth. These could be anything that we found interesting, learned from, or simply felt would be a good conversation for us. In today's episode, we speak about cities, what makes them tick, why we are drawn to them, and whether they're going to remain the same after the pandemic. So Vikas, you've been reading a lot about cities in the recent weeks. What got you interested in this topic? Right, Kumar. So like you, I've lived in many cities and different kinds of cities. Bangalore, Chennai, Delhi in India, Marseille in France, and Montreal and Toronto in Canada. There's a certain charm to city life which has always intrigued me, which has frankly been missing in the past few months. So I've been trying to understand what has been leading to these changes and where we could be headed once the pandemic ends. Right. What do you say has been missing in the past few months? So cities tend to be very busy generally. We run into a lot of people on any given day, from colleagues to fellow commuters on the subway, to people you meet at restaurants and malls. There's also a lot of cultural exchange that happens, which is stopped during the pandemic. We've stopped going to comedy shows, movies, concerts, etc. This made me want to understand how cities enable all of these and how others are co- coping with the absence of these. Absolutely. So I haven't really done much at all in terms of any of these after moving to a new city three months ago now. And initially, I started to think Luxembourg was pretty dead with nothing happening at all. But that doesn't seem to be the case. In the last two weeks, I've started seeing some events crop up now and then. Maybe it was just the effects of the pandemic that things were very, very slow. So what have been some of the interesting ideas that you've come across while you've been reading? Uh, so I think for this, we need to first roll back to what a city actually is. Cities have traditionally been centers of trade and commerce, been cities of religious focus, or been political capitals. In today's world, cities are mostly extensions of the first kind, but we see all three kinds even today. New York and Singapore are perfect examples of city centers of trade and commerce. Even Luxembourg would be one of those, right? So Vatican is a good example of a city centered on religion. You have Ottawa and Washington DC, which are political capitals. We'll focus primarily on the first kind of city for this particular conversation. Cities of the first kind have a strong labor market. These cities also have a lot of economic activity which draws companies to set up operations here. And this is why people move to this region for uh, want of employment. So this is because cities tend to exhibit strong agglomeration and weak dispersion effects. Right. By agglomeration effects, you mean how in my office area, for instance, there are a lot of offices. And as a result, there are a lot of restaurants as well. And at the same time, when you take a city like Bangalore or San Francisco, you have a lot of tech companies and that is because you have a lot of people that you can hire from that these companies can hire from. Exactly. So those are perfect examples of agglomeration effects. In essence, it can refer to any incentive for any company to set up an office in a particular geographical location. These could be economic, legal, technological, political, or environmental. For instance, like you just said, uh, Silicon Valley in the US, Bangalore in uh, India. If you're looking to set up a, a tech company, you're best suited to set up offices here. This is because you have a lot of talented people working here. You have access to VCs. You have a network of other founders who have done similar things in the past. And you also have governmental and, and administrative infrastructure, such as SEZs in these regions. Right. So in that case, why do we still see other cities that come up with similar activities? Why don't these cities just keep growing and taking up all the opportunity in this space? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So to every yin, there's, an, uh, there's a yang. Isn't, is that what it's called? Yin and Yang. Yeah. Never mind. 
So uh, th 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 this is where the counterbalancing dispersion effects come in. There are uh, disincentives against agglomeration effects. For instance, as more companies set up offices in the same city, then they compete for the talent and salaries start to go up, which makes it unviable for newer players to enter these regions. So if you are looking to set up an office in Bay Area and you are a new startup, you don't have too much funding, the rents would be too exorbitant for you. You can't afford rent, you can't afford maintenance costs, etc. So these are dispersion effects which create disincentives against setting up offices in these bigger cities. Got it. And from the perspective of the people working for these companies, as the cities get bigger, some of their commutes tend to get longer and they start to question whether it's worth the pay anymore to be driving one hour each way to work. So you also mentioned cultural effects in a city earlier on. How do you classify those and how do you look at those? All right. So cultural effects. Um, so think of any city that you've been in. There are a lot of people here. You can come, you can always connect with like-minded individuals in these regions. No matter what your quirk, you'll find a meetup or an event which caters to your requirement. Cities also have a lot of artistic output as a result. So if you are interested in jazz music, you'll find people interested in jazz music. If you're interested in rock music, you'll find people who do the similar who do similar stuff. So cities tend to allow for expression of art, and you also have an audience which can always uh, consume this art which has been created. So you can always have stand-ups, plays, concerts, and you'll always have an have an audience going for these events. So that is how uh, cultural effects or cultural uh, incentives exist in cities. Right. And moreover, I think cities can afford to have a variety of restaurants for this reason as well. With a lot of people coming in, the number of people going to any one restaurant may be low from in terms of fraction of the population of that city, but still that's an absolutely high number when, it, when you look at the number itself. And in smaller cities, it just won't be feasible to have this variety as they just go out of business within no time. Think of how many Asian restaurants are there in your city and compare that to a smaller city where there might hardly be any. I was especially found this to be the case while traveling in Europe. When I'm visiting one of the bigger cities, I always find restaurants of all cuisines and it's easy to choose from. But I'm, when I'm visiting a smaller town, I'd be quite lucky to find any cuisine outside of the local food or a McDonald's. So how have your culinary habits been during the pandemic? So I actually moved cities in July and in that month I tried out a few restaurants now and then, but slowly that shifted to ordering in rather than going out to a restaurant. One, it was simpler and it was safer just to stay at home and order food than go out and risk exposing myself. But uh, this is a trend that I think I've seen in some of the people that I've spoken to. And, and when you look at restaurant ordering trends as well. So ordering has taken off during the pandemic and some of the restaurants have still managed to get by as a result without people actually visiting them. However, the difference is still quite big to make up in terms of what they used to have. And a lot of them have gone out of business during this period. But the bigger change for me has been the lack of social events more than uh, restaurants in the culinary scene. Before the pandemic, I used to attend an event every other week. Something used to be happening and that was a good avenue to explore the city as well. But once I've moved here and even before that during the pandemic, I haven't really been able to do that at all. Most establishments seem to be handling the situation in one of three ways though. They've either closed down completely, which is of course not what they would want to be doing, or they're operating with restrictions in place like mandatory masks and plastic dividers between tables. 
and of course reduced capacity because they can't operate at full capacity and some of the establishments are also moving moving their offerings work completely virtual like my gym now which has all the yoga classes and other classes operating over zoom so adapting to the pandemic is an interesting point that you make so i recently watched mulan on disney plus they found a new release model which is quite interesting in the absence of cinema halls they release the movie direct to stream where you pay a certain amount on top of your subscription cost right and that's a lot of changes in the entertainment and culture front some of it has been good some of it something that we'll get used to i guess but how has it been at the workplace how have these changes started to affect the cityscape uh right so i would say the one big change that we've all, we've all observed as companies are more open to people to employees working from home in the longer for longer time frames in the short term this may not change the agglomeration and dispersion effects too much however if the trend continues you can see bigger changes which change the shape of cities as well right do you want to elaborate on what those could be right so sure so the strong agglomeration effects that we see in cities today which aggregate companies and employees may start to weaken you might have employees or people who scattered across uh, across the country and across the globe so this could lead to weaker agglomeration effects on the flip side the high cost in cities could be lowered and this may lead to a uh, weakening of the dispersion effects so potentially you can you could have employees leaving cities companies as well right so if this happens what does it actually mean for the rest of the services in the city a lot of the things that we spoke of like maybe retail stores restaurants we know they're already start, uh, starting to shut down will we see them opening up again um i'd start with a strong caveat here this is only true if cities were to significantly reduce in the population density but if this were to happen we could see a change in the nature of innovation in tech cities provide an ecosystem where you can build services that rely on physical proximity so you have uber ride hailing uh, which is big in bigger cities not so much in smaller towns you have uber eats think of how uber eats would function in a smaller size city where the number of restaurants is fewer and the number of uh, customers is fewer as well and you have fewer people per uh, unit area right that makes it very expensive for these companies to provide such an offering and that is probably the reason why they don't do it today as well but the hope remains that other services that are more suited to such an ecosystem would come up for instance the timing could be perfect for starting cheaper drone deliveries which is something we are starting to hear in the news where trials are starting to happen and you might even see an acceleration in the ar and vr space to bring more entertainment options as well as enhance the remote work experience for instance zoom though it's not an ar or a vr experience but it's enhancing remote work uh, and it's been seeing 3 to 4x jump in paying customers after the pandemic has started Mm. and if there are fewer uh, theaters and live events to go to this could be an uh, opportunity for enhancing the vr and ar experiences to fill this gap we were talking last year about how the potential of ar and vr about what the potential of ar and vr actually is and how it hasn't taken off yet maybe these developments in the cityscape could accelerate improvements in uh, the space that's right and that's a lot to look forward to i guess even when the times are a little bleak on that note i think we'll wrap the discussion for today we've gone through the cities and how they're being affected during the pandemic and what's the future of them through the lens of dispersion and agglomeration effects if you'd like to 
engage with us more on this topic or share any feedback on the show please do write to us we value your feedback our email address as well as the links to some of the ideas from this conversation today are in the show notes see you all next week